everybody. Welcome to Joy on Tap. It is your boy, Josh King, with my friend, Angie Montgomery. Angie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. She is doing good. Um, do you want to share? If you guys don't know, if this is your first time, Joy on Tap is about what, Angie? It's about faith. It's about deconstruction. It's about how to live in this world in a way that loves Jesus and loves other people. How to live in this crazy world. Yeah. And we're going to drink while we're doing this stuff. <laughs> yes. As the world is crumbling. <laughs> we drink. And we'll drink. <laughs> and we are in our buddy Blake Blake's house. Um, he has made us fantastic drinks. These blue drinks. What are they called, Blake? What are... What are uh, <laughs> he is yelling. He has noise-canceling headphones on. Blue. I'm also <laughs> far away from the mic, so they can't hear as well. Let's just call it Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon. It is really good. It's delicious. It is really good. Um. So, yeah, we're here, and we, yeah, like I said, we, we want to talk about hard things. We want to talk about um faith we want to talk about jesus like me and angie and you know and i want to totally speak for you but i we both love jesus yeah. um we both follow him uh i both believe jesus is lord um and i think people get a lot of misconception they have a lot of misconceptions about a lot of different things on so many different ways about jesus about social issues about culture about a ton of different things and one of the things that I think when people hear deconstruction, they think that we're going to tear down and try to diminish something. It's particularly faith or the church, but I think deconstruction for me, and even in the midst of still just deconstructing a lot of things has been beautiful. It's been a beautiful experience, right? Yeah, me too. You know, it's something where it's like, sometimes I feel like in the evangelical community, we've added so many things onto the gospel. Yeah. And, um, really what it's doing is it's taking a hard look at ourselves. It's doing a lot of reflecting and going, all right, is there something I might've missed here? Yeah. Holy spirit, please teach me, fix me first. Yeah. And I think that's such a sweet, beautiful place to be. And there's so much joy in that too, because yeah. I feel like scripture comes alive for you, you right. know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not tearing down. It's, it's building up, but it's getting the unnecessary stuff right. out of there. Right. Yeah. And so, um, one of the things that we're going to talk about today, and we will probably do a full episode just on deconstruction, our journeys on deconstruction, mm -hmm. just where we are and everything. Um, but I got Angie here and she is, I like to say she is a Jedi master. Yes. <laughs> she that is, is true. She has so much wisdom and such a great perspective <laughs> and she is, yeah, she's just so wise. And I think one of the things that we want to talk about today is feminism. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have a really crazy Like it's, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, you're a woman. Yes. You love Jesus. Yes. You're a feminist. Yes. And how does that work? Because I think when people hear feminism, they're like, Oh, she hates men or she wants to chop down men or, Oh, they want to change manhole to womanhole. Like it's like, you know, like yeah. crazy weird stuff like that, that you hear on particular news stations and talk show hosts. So yeah. 
I think yeah. what feminism is just in a nutshell is it's equality. Mm. You know, it's, it's social equality. It's political equality. It's economic equality. Mm. I mean, isn't, I'm trying to take something away from you is I want to be raised up to that level so that we are on the same footing. Yeah. Um, because we're not right. You know? Um, so yeah, I think one of the things that's most frustrating about feminism is when someone, uh, says, Oh, feminism, Oh, those evil, yucky, awful feminists, you know, um, they just are man haters and, and, and they just want, they want to take what we have. Mm. Um, I kind of, it's one of those things where it is frustrating when, when someone doesn't want to acknowledge Mm. privilege and the way I define, Uh yeah, privilege, (laughs) the P word. I know we've talked about the P word, right? You know, I, I, I heard someone once say, and I think it's really good that privilege doesn't mean that you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth, that you've Mm. never experienced any hardship in life or that you've never worked hard for what you have. Privilege just means that by the nature of who you are and who you were born to be, there are some things in your life that you will never have to experience or think about if you don't want to. Yeah, no, that's good. And so um, there are some privileges um, in this country, in many countries in the world, um, that being a man gives you. Yeah. And it's not saying you're wrong for having privilege. Right, it's right. not saying um, that that uh, we hate you because you have privilege. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, well, I want equality. I want to strive for that. Yeah. I think um, as a male, um, I think so many times when we do hear the idea of feminism. And I, I think even just, I've, I've heard, I won't say where I heard it from, but on stage, um, a a person, a pastor from the pulpit described feminism as being inherently evil, anti-gospel, um, which I, I, I truly believe is totally untrue. Um, I really do. Why do you think there is so much fear There, 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 there seems to be in the evangelical church, um, these, these boogeymen Mm -hmm. that tend to cause a ruckus, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I can say that, uh, cause a ruckus within, uh, the church, whether that's CRT, black power movements, liberation Mm -hmm. theology, all, all these different things that necessarily like people don't understand feminism. Like, Mm -hmm. why do you think there's such a fear like within that? Okay, this is no, this is on. a bomb. I'm gonna drop a bomb. because yep, <laughs> uh, because it dismantles patriarchal power structures. Oof. and the church is very much invested in in the patriarchy. Oof. Um, that men in the church have significantly more power. Mm. Um, for example, in the church that that I belong to, women can't even be. Um, in positions of leadership. Um, They can't be elders in the church Mm. Um, that our voices have been limited Mm. um, and feminism seeks to dismantle that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and, and I think that there's a misconception um, in the church that uh, patriarchy is an institution that is put in place by God. Yeah. And I would say patriarchy didn't exist before the fall. Oh, say that again one more time. For patriarchy the did not exist before the fall. <laughs> <laughs> um, it did not. There was no such thing. Right. And, you know, when Jesus came and, and restored everything mm-hmm. and he set us right with God, right? So 
um, it changed everything. Right. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that men and, and, and particularly in, in men in positions of power, there is a certain thing of how we use the Bible to elevate our, our, this is, this is the way that God made creation. There's a natural order and women are, I'm not saying all people think this way. I'm just thinking in the sense of like women are called to be subservient to men. And I don't think they'll, they will say, you know, not in the way of just like, you know, trying to dismiss women or be disrespectful to women. But at the same time, kind of what you're saying, the idea of like women have the same Holy spirit Mm -hmm. that, that men do. You have the same Holy spirit that I do. Um, and you have gifts that I don't have. I have gifts that you don't have. Why do we feel the need? Like, I mean, really like, and maybe you can answer this. Like, do you feel there is a, as we're trying to hold firmly to what we call quote unquote truth Mm -hmm. with the text, do you think there's some sort of like, there's, there's a sense of like, we're trying to honor the text. Like, you know, like is, is, or is it like a thing of like, there's some malicious intent and I ask, I'm sorry, I'm ask you a hard yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know? Yeah. I think there are certain passages of scripture. Right. There are three actually, um, that have been used to really abuse women for a lot of years. Yeah. Um, that if you read it, um, out of context and out of context of the entirety of scripture, right. Um, and you don't want to think too deeply about it. Right. You could make a pretty good case that, right. Oh, I'm just following the Bible. Right. You know, things like women shouldn't teach yeah. at church. Um, they shouldn't teach a man, but even in the new Testament, we have examples of women teaching and prophesying. Right. And it always kind of was really funny to me because what is the difference between teaching and prophecy? Uh, it's preparation. Right. <laughs> like pro- prophesying right. is, is spontaneous and, yeah. and teaching is prepared and right. um, both are delivering, you know, a word. Yeah. Um, and should preparation really be the deciding factor here? Mm-hmm. You know, and we saw a lot of women who were serving um, and were mentioned by name who were in leadership positions. Right. And so if we're, if we're looking at that verse, out of context of, of the whole new Testament, um, it doesn't jive. It doesn't make sense. There, right. there, there's a contradiction there. Right. And so it really forces us to dive in and say, well, why was this written? What was going on at the time? Right. You know, was there something specific going on and what can we draw from that and learn from that that we can apply in other contexts? Yeah. I think, and I, I would even just say in the sense of in the situation, Martha and Mary, where we see Mary sitting at the f- the feet of Jesus learning mm-hmm. like the rest of the disciples. And, you know, Martha was trying to prepare the house and get everything, you know, in order and everything. And, and Jesus says like, you know, your sister has chose the better. Like mm-hmm. she's at the feet listening to the, like, which if you don't know anything historically or, or contextually about Jewish time, like, like that time period that was unheard of mm-hmm. for a woman to sit and learn at, at the foot of a rabbi yeah. and even being that close proximity of a rabbi. And so I think so many times when I see Jesus again, the first person, the first woman to 
tell this gospel story was a one like it was a woman like it's very madly yeah and and i think when we don't look at the whole story and the whole picture you even go back to the old testament esther you know god used her um to to basically save her people yeah Esther, Deborah, Deborah JL. Yeah, J- I want right. to be the kind of woman who would drive a tent spike <laughs> through a tyrant's head. Like, there are many ways to serve Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I just, yeah, I think, I don't know. And I think, I don't know if there's a, like if there's an inherently a fear that comes from this, like the idea of like, oh, well, if we just let women teach, then we, we, we might as well just throw out the rest of the, you know what I'm saying? Like there's yeah. like, there's that fear. Yeah. You know, when I, I've looked into reading this passage and I read um, a lot of commentaries because that was something that was a question between God and I, you know, I was really mulling that over with the Holy spirit. Like why the heck would you put this in here or right. allow this to be in here um, when it's been so, when it's been used like this and um I think that where I came down was just reading for context clues and looking at, okay, so it looks like there were a group of people, a group of, of kind of false teachers that were unfairly targeting mm. women in the early church who weren't as educated, who weren't allowed to read the Torah, that weren't allowed to have access right. um, to the scriptures. And so um, they were really uh, exploiting yeah. this group of people. And so to protect the gospel, to protect yeah. Um, yeah. the unity, you know, um, that they made that decision at the time. Um, I can get a little spicy here, oh, go, um, go, but it, it's oh. kind of like, you know, there have been a lot of really bad teachers um, mm. over the last few years, mm. teachers like Dr. James Dobson, mm. Mark Driscoll, yeah. um, who have targeted um, evangelicals mm. for a very long time. Mm. And you kind of wonder, should they not speak? Um, because they are vulnerable to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting, especially to we're, we're, you know, we're all flawed. We all have yeah. our issues. Um, but a lot of the scandals um, that have been coming out, Particularly, and it was just so interesting too. We'll have to talk about this later. Yeah. Purity culture, all that stuff. But sexual abuse, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it's just, it's been kind of running rampant. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's been, it's been men, men in positions of power and leadership. Yeah. Um, And, and, and I'm almost like, you know, there's a text that the, the, the scripture says like, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on everyone. Like everyone, men, women, children, like, like, and, and I think so many times we don't, we don't do the hard work as, and reading the text and doing the, the, the hard work of getting the exegesis and the eisegesis and the hermeneutics and, 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 and really try, <laughs> The Bible, you read it literal. It is one of the most dangerous books ever on this planet. I mean, and I mean, we've seen how people have used it, but when we look at it with the power of the Holy Spirit and in a community and with some, a little bit of homework and, and, and kind of doing some, yeah, some hard work. It is the most beautiful, liberating 
joy filled. There's I'm I'm even just right now reading through the Old Testament again because I just haven't read it in a long time, mm-hmm. and I'm rereading a lot of stories that I thought I had a good clear picture of, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, God was doing something way more here than I thought, but it was only because I had to go back and look at the history and the geopolitical like things that were happening at that time, and it gives so much more context. Like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> like. God was onto something here yeah, yeah. that I didn't, that you, you don't think about. Cause you just read it face value. You're like, Oh no, God hate really hated these people. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's so more, more freeing when you, when you read it in that way. It is, it is. And you know, you know, being someone that's very, that is a woman that is for women that yeah. has made a career right. um, out of advocating for women. Um, you know, the, reading some of those passages, uh, it was really tough, but working through that with the Holy spirit was actually something that brings us closer together. Yeah. You know, there's really relationship building, um, because you have to ask the tough questions and it's something that when you are willing to ask the tough questions, God always meets you there. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of, um, so, so it is a hard thing when, you, you work and I, why don't you share, what do you do? Yeah. Angie? You, yeah, you like, have alluded to it. A yeah. Couple yeah. Times, yeah. So. We've alluded to it. Yeah. A lot. What do you do? So I am the founder and CEO of made strong ministries and we serve local people in the sex work community. So any area of sex work, whether that is exotic dancing, full service, uh, pornography, you know, you name it. Uh, we serve somebody who, who works here or who has worked there. Um, we do, we have kind of a couple of different programs that we, we have right now and we're always growing and expanding. Um, so the first thing that we do and that we've done for almost six years now, it'll be six years in October. I know time has flown. Um, but we go into the exotic dance clubs on a weekly basis and build relationships. Mm. Um, we don't go in there to convince and convert. There have been a lot of church lady groups that have done that. And by the way, people in there call us the church ladies. Uh, I didn't make that up. <laughs> they, they gave us that name. I didn't make that one up. I'm like, sure, I'll take it. Um, but anyways, there have been a lot of church lady groups who have gone in there before with mm-hmm. the mindset of convince and convert. As yeah. in like, um, I have a, a specific outcome that I have in mind for you. I want you to leave the adult entertainment industry and I want you to convert to Christianity mm. and they'll come in with their pizza and that mindset. And, um, and it just doesn't work, you know, um, because in outreach, you know, it's something where um, you have to understand the culture mm. and you have to be humble enough mm. to learn um, and convince and convert that doesn't respect the culture because what the adult entertainment industry really sells is fantasy. Yeah. And so um, what they'll do is to get your pizza is people tell you whatever you want to hear. They're like, yeah, I'm going to church or yeah, I'm going to leave. Is it true? No, of course it's not. Um, But you're giving something away and someone wants it. So they'll give you your fantasy. Um, But if you instead, and what our outreach groups do is if instead you say, I really want to be your friend. I want you to be a part of my life and I want to be a part of yours and I want to earn your trust. Um, that's when real relationships happen yeah. and it'll take a while to build that because people have to see if you are genuine and they will test you um, like 
anyone should test it. If someone yeah. makes that statement, yeah. um, that's a pretty big thing to say. Um, right. Yeah. A lot of people say that kind of stuff and don't mean it. Right. Um, but you know, if you are, are deemed genuine, you know, once you're in, you're in and you're a part of this community. Mm. Um, and you know, truly people that I know from, from the clubs, from, from the sex work community know me sometimes better than people from church, mm. um, that we are really a part of one another's lives. Um, so that's the first thing we do is build relationships. Yeah. Um, and the second thing we do that we started, um, almost two years ago, uh, this is your number two that hey. we're doing it. Yeah, no, yeah. You're number two. You're number two. <laughs> um, we do case management services. Okay. Uh, I'm an occupational therapist by trade. Mm. Uh, that's, that's my professional background and, uh, mental health OT is something I'm really passionate about. Mm. And, you know, this the second part of this ministry was really kind of a love letter to our friends. I saw, you know, that they were struggling with things like housing insecurity and food insecurity and lack of health care. You know, I, I remember one of my friends, she, she fell off the pole on stage and got a concussion. Oh, wow. And yeah. And, um, she didn't have any health care. And so I, I went over to her house the next day to check on her and make sure she was all right. She's like, oh yeah, my friend came over before with like a bag of loose pills and I took something and I feel great. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh no, okay, well, I'm going to stay here with you and make wow. sure you're all right. Um, but wow. uh, yeah, but that's a lot of times someone's healthcare plan if you don't have access to, to healthcare resources. And so, you know, it's something where I felt like, you know, no one can think about their five-year plan mm. if you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight, yeah. if you don't know how you're going to provide for your children. Um, and so I, I felt like it was just the best and most loving thing to do mm. is to help people um, with those very basic needs. Yeah, and, and then we found that when people had their needs met, you know, then they were free to dream and go, well, you know, this isn't really my long-term, you know, goal. Like I don't want to be, um, in sex work long-term. This is kind of a stepping stone for me. Right, right. That's kind of the way a lot of people see it. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, well, I've always wanted to do this. Mm. And so then it's helping people with things like FAFSA and scholarships and vocational right. training and getting certifications and, yeah. you know, getting I, my, my hope and dream for everyone is that they are in a job where they can make a living wage mm. in something that they love. Yeah. I want everyone to make a living wage in a job that they enjoy. Yeah. No, and I yeah. feel like I can, it's so Jesus. It is. It's so Jesus. And that's 100%. like, I just, I'm just going to love and serve you because the serving comes out of the love. Right. Right. And I think your, your motivation in that is like, we're not here to, I think a lot of people have found that Christian relationships have become very transactional, that yes. I will do something for you. If you say the sinner's prayer and I know I can check off the box that you're saved now, Yeah. but the gospel and Jesus carried much more than just about your ticket to heaven. They want to know like you'd have life and life abundantly like now. Yeah. You know, it's something where, um, it's like Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. He's, hey. he's kind of a personal hero yes. of mine. Um, mine but right. Like he always finished like, and I like you just the way you mm. are. And, and that's true. And you're like, I like whether or not you, you decide to follow Jesus. Like that's right. your, that's your business, right? Like I'm here for you. If you want to do that, I'm here for you if yeah. you don't. Um, but I feel like a lot of times, um, it can be very objectifying that proselytization mm. or uh, yeah. yeah, kind of that big fancy word that means right. Like evangelism. It can be, <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
it can be so objectifying because someone's like, oh, well, you're my personal mission field. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, well, that person's not here for you. Like they didn't move, you know, next door so you could stick Bible tracks in their mailbox. Right, <laughs> like right. they didn't ask for that. Your server at the restaurant, like, you know, they didn't come to your table so that you could tell them about Jesus. Yeah. You know, that's a captive audience. Like, right. you know, yeah, we, we don't want to do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it becomes very transactional that I'm going to try to get you to say a specific passphrase, which mm. I... Just in ministry, words, yeah. I think that is, I think that is one of the biggest problems in, in the, the evangelical church is that we don't understand what salvation is. Oh uh, yeah. Right for the people in the back. Ooh, I know. Right. <laughs> I said, I, I'll be saying things. She's going to be saying uh, things. I'm saying things. Um, but praying the Romans wrote prayer, if you mm. don't understand it and don't, aren't willing to dedicate your life yeah. to following Jesus. Yeah. He didn't ask, he didn't want you to accept him into your heart. I, I, don't, I genuinely don't think Jesus wants us to accept him into our hearts. Right. He said, follow me. Hey, oh, you preach it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, and so if you're, if you pray, if someone's like this, this pastor, whoever is like, pray after me. Yeah. I honestly think that does just about as much good as standing in the middle of a soybean field yeah. yelling open sesame. Hey, that's so true. That is true. You preaching. You, no, that's, that's oh, so yeah. true. No, because it is, it is this thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's preaching y'all. Hey, hey I, Angie should be preaching. Let me just say that. I'm going to say that on the, on the record. She should be preaching. Uh, no, but that's so true because people don't understand the context of when we say Jesus is Lord, like that's a huge, that's a huge thing. That's not a, a small, like, and I think we, you're right. We've diminished it to being, Almost this idea of, well, if you just do this and there is a small part of like, yes, like here's the first step, right? Yeah. You know, and here it is. But I've even changed the way I've helped people understand this. And even just saying like, you know, when you're saying Jesus Lord, then you're saying almost everything else in your life. Sorry. Everything else in your life is not. And that is a huge statement to say. It's not in just inviting Jesus into your heart and and yeah, there's goosebumps and feelings and but it's been a very emotionally manipulative kind of thing. Like um it's it's an actual saying of like and I I love one of the in the passage. I'm going to talk about scripture y'all. This yeah. is what's going to happen. But like <laughs> people were saying like, you know, uh, a bunch of Jesus followers his disciples left him. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they literally left. And, you know, Jesus turns back and looks at them. He's like, okay, are you, you know, are you guys going to leave too? And Peter is like, where are we going to go? Like, yeah, where are we going to go? I feel like that so often in my life because there have been points where I'm like, why am I still here? And then, and then it's like immediately, well, you have the words of life. Like, where am I going to go? What, what else? I can't deny yeah. What I've seen, what I've experienced, this right. relationship that we have, right. um, I, I can never deny that. So when things get crazy in the world or I see my friends horribly mistreated, mm. um, when I see sexism just rampant yeah. um, and go, why am I even a part of this anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, or I've had pastors like be so awful. No, <laughs> like, it's, 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 oh it's, my God. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of times, especially serving in a women's ministry, first of all, with, with sexism, the patriarchy, women's ministries don't get it jack unless you're yeah. trying to control women. Right. Um, then we, they, we don't want to support you. Right. Um, but pastors will toss me a hundred bucks and expect me to kiss their ass. 
A. Say it again one more time. Pastors <laughs> will cost me $100 and expect for me to kiss their ass the rest of the year. <laughs> and it's like, think, first of all, I'm always grateful for anything that right. someone gives, right? right. Um, but like, okay. Yeah, I'll pay my staff with that. Right. Um, okay. We'll, you know, help people, you know, transition out of the adult entertainment industry right. with a hundred dollars. Right. Good deal. And what is I mean, even okay, so even just that that's transactional. What yeah. And in 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 kissing their ass, what do you cause I <laughs> I agree with you so hard in that. There is a ego thing that goes yes. into which I tell people all the time. Let me sorry, sidetrack. Being a pastor is not an everyday, just Joe Schmo. You know, I woke up today and thought I want to be a pastor. It's a dedication and it is not for everybody. Yeah. Not everyone is called to lead a, lead a flock. Yeah. And a pastoring in the sense of where it talks about in the scriptures is not how it's not how it's being done right now. Like yeah. it's just not anyway. So. Yeah. What are those kind of those experiences that you, that, you kind of see? Yeah. I think it is something that is always really difficult um, to speak truth to power. Mm. Um, and that there is this, um, there's sometimes even a fear, honestly, that I've had to give up um, and, and talk to, talk to God about where it's like this person, if I say this true thing that I know I need to say, mm. because what's going on here is hurting people. Mm. Um, if I say this true thing, even if I say it in love, this person could re retaliate and essentially close down my ministry because wow. we're young. Wow. Yeah. That's a fear. Mm. Um, that, yeah, when the power dynamics are so shifted, mm. um, and there's just this attitude of, well, I don't care about them. Mm. Um, it's so challenging to break through that. Mm. Yeah. What can the church, um, cause I do believe the church should be on the front line, not in we're fighting culture, but we are loving culture. We are loving the people yeah. we are like, we are, we are called to be the first people to literally go and serve culture. It's so funny. I hate yeah. the idea of like, we're fighting culture wars. No, like we're supposed to love the people. We're not supposed to be Every like, you know, Paul's everything to everybody in, in, in the sense that he was willing, he could relate and 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 legitimately like walk in and out of crowds. Like he tried to be all things to everyone. But, you know, people say, well, you know, you're supposed to love the world, but not be a part of it. But at the same time, like we're in it, we're we're not we're not like this dis detached like thing from the world. Like we are we are ambassadors of a, of a kingdom um, that is called first and foremost to love. Um, and so, and I think even like people don't think about this, but waging not war, but you know, literally raging like love on and, and keeping that on, on people and, and, and even culture. And even that's hard conversations. That's, that's, that's speaking yeah. hard truth. Um, but what does, do you believe the church needs to do particularly even just in feminism, um, and sexism and, and, and even just patriarchy, because again, that was never the intention. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think the church, we can start to do better, repent of, move forward in, what can we begin to start to do? Yeah. Um, unity doesn't look like silencing voices. Mm. Doesn't look like silencing dissenting voices. Yeah. Unity means 
we make sure that everyone is heard, that everyone is listened to, and that we're caring for everyone's needs. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, wow. So we've been gone for 32 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're trying to keep these short, <laughs> yes. uh, but we will, I mean, this is not going to be a one and done conversation. No. This is one of those sermon series where we do, Oh, we talked about it and we're good now. Uh, we <laughs> fixed it. We fixed, we sexism. fixed everything. Um, but no, this is going to be an ongoing thing. We're going to talk about it multiple. We're going to have hard conversations. We're going to, um, yeah, keep saying the same things because you're right. And Angie is my sister. She's my sister in Christ. And I care for her. Um, and yeah. Back at your brother. <laughs> what what hurts her should hurt me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. But thank you for joining us. I hope that you've been blessed by this. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope that you were challenged yeah. uh, in all this. And we will see you in the next one. Yeah. We'll see Peace. you again. If you like what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast. If you want to know more about Made Strong Ministries or would like to support the work that we're doing, you can check us out at www.madestrongfw.org.